What's going on? Kaniz Kenna has so excited day. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are on we are about four days away from the actual event. My event, we actually in the middle of a launch, the apartment secrets virtual summit. This is my first summit. Man, it's going down. I got about 18 speakers ready to rock and roll. Um as I say, this whole process has been a it's been a process, if you will. It's been a, it's been a challenging event. And this whole podcast is about my journey from going from zero units to owning a billion over a billion in real estate. That's my goal. My goal is to um, kind of document this journey. And as you listen to the journey, you can be along this journey as well. So welcome to the Apartment Investing Secrets. And my this whole podcast, so it's really, today's podcast is going to be about my journey. It's number one, probably number one on the thing. But we're in the middle of a launch because of we're doing the Apartment Investing Secrets. And one reason why I did the, um, a summit was to kind of um, establish my well, I actually I joined this challenge because of to, to help launch my launch a launch a summit challenge or a um, a webinar. Now, webinars usually by selling things. I tried those before. Um, I really didn't have a, a, a strong product that I thought that I believed in to sell. Um, so that's why I didn't do a webinar. Uh, I, I tried to do a challenge with um, on different different kind of different kind of real estate thing, but I didn't want to, I really didn't believe in the product because of I was trying to go towards apartments because of. In my in my experience in my journey, I learned that. Um, well, I I remember when I was I first started real estate. One of my first things were to do. Um, one of my first successful really kind of kicked it off was um, was wholesaling, and um, I took a course by Sean Terry. Um, Flip the Freedom was is is the company um, name where he was talking about flipping HUD properties, and one of the, and the strategy was that you get on HUD.com. Gov, and what you do is you look up properties in the area, and you can you can bid on any properties you want to that was an investor type. And with that said, once once you bid on a property, if you won, you only had to put down five hundred dollars if the property was below fifty thousand dollars, and a thousand dollars if it was ab- above. So you know, as a wholesaler, as me, uh, as a, an army, I was motivated to get out. Man, I was bidding on like four, like like thirty properties a day, or I mean, probably I could a day. And um, some get accepted, some don't get accepted. And once once it gets accepted, when the thing gets accepted, you had about a quarter to what day it was. If it was Thursday, you had to Monday to actually send your money in. Now, um, usually when you get you 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 know if you won by the next day, then with the next day you have about two or three days to wire your money in. So um, so the strategy was to try to win on Thursday, so that way you have to Monday to to um to send the money in, or even Tuesday sometimes. Um, if you won, so it's a strategy because of that way you can get all weekend to either look in the property, find your buyer, and get everything done. So it's like you can do deals with even out, put even earns money now. I mean, it was great. Um, so I remember. Um, so I finally got my first deal, and that kind of opened my eyes to that this process actually worked. The whole thing of wholesaling, and um, I can tell you that later on about how um, it was, it was a fun experience. But you know, I remember sitting sitting in the, I remember sitting in the in the title company office with me and my um my wife and we were sitting there and I felt like I mean I had my, my, my fresh suit on I just man these are real investors that I'm about to deal with and and it, it was surprising to see how surprised they was to see of me because it felt like I was a professional in the room they, they were looking at me and asking me for questions and I was looking at them to ask for questions as well but I look at I look towards them as the experts, and they was the big the big shots. Like, wow, these real investors, these are real lawyer, a real attorney. I was actually really doing it, and it's funny because they was sitting looking at me like, dude, you were the, like I was the kingpin there, and I felt I felt a shift in um the atmosphere. It's like 
you know, it's like a, I can do this. Kind of open my eye, I can do this. Now, um, so that kind of opened my eyes. So I started doing more wholesaling. So um, started doing more wholesaling, getting more deals, and started doing, um, became a, a, even, so even the thing about, so the reason why I got the property is because of, um, I was, I was sending a lot of offers in, but I know dealing with realtors sometimes, um, the strategy was tell a realtor to, to decrease their commission and tell them that they would get a higher commission when the property is sale. So, you know, when you send in multiple properties a day, the commission, then saying, hey, listen, you won't get paid until after the fact. Then not only that, well, I didn't know then that the realtors had to convince their brokers, not, 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 I had to convince them to do it, but not only that, they had to convince their brokers to, to do it. And, you know, so a lot of times I got a lot of drawback. Like now, I got a lot of kickback from from it, and so I said, "Man, forget it." I be um, I become real to myself. I became real to myself, and that's how I got my first deal because I was able to cut my own commission in order to get the deal. Um, so that opened up some man door for me being a real estate, being a real estate agent. Um, I started doing multiple things. So then I started being more successful in real estate, get more involved. And one thing I, I did, I moved to. I had a choice to either move to back to Georgia. I moved to um. So at the time I was in Louisiana, so I had a choice to go out to Georgia or move to te- move to Texas and try to be the small fish in the big pond. Um, so we we packed our stuff up and moved to Dallas, moved to North Dallas, plain old Texas, and we started doing deals and start trying to do the same thing there. But then I realized that real estate is bigger than what I thought it was. Man, it was so many ways that you make money in real estate. Man, I, I remember I started out with the intention to do wholesaling. With this other broker who uh, I met in a venture club, he's he's a broker. He said, "Well, I do that, but also I do apartments here, apartment finding, and you make a hundred thousand dollars just um, doing websites and never see the property at all." And I was like, "He can do both of them." And I'm like, "Man, that sounds good." So I started doing that. Then he said, "Um, then some then some people then want apartments, they look for rental rental houses." So I started doing that. So then rental houses got to let me back to um doing sub two houses. So I I want to start doing that. So then it's just it's kind of kind of. Did one thing I was like um then I realized that rental prop rent rental market was a um a, a process so I started um doing high end homes then got me involved in doing my own rehabs and just got 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 then I kind of got got caught up in this cycle of doing so many different things and it was just um I remember um one day going to the real estate groups I remember one day I met this guy he was speaking. At a network again project down, um, you know, think like a millionaire. T. Off Hecker event. When um, I flew out to, I flew out to, I flew out of Orlando, Florida. It was, and I remember um, being at this event. It was nice, nice, nice hotel. We all here doing network again. It was the um, best marketing event ever. I think it's called. And I remember like every speaker had an offer. I mean, every speaker was great. I mean, I feel like I was back there every five seconds of my credit card, just swiping, 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 swiping. And at the time, I just, you know, I just had some, I just made some money in real estate, and so I had some, a, lot of, a lot of credit. I'm just swiping my card. I ain't think about how I'm gonna pay for it. I ain't think about anything. I'm just swiping every time I buy a new program. And I'm just swiping my card. I bet people be like this. Dang, this dude got a lot of money. I'll probably buy every program out there. Oh. Uh, they are, and they are trying to trade my program. Like, hey, then after I meet a couple people there, hey, man, I got this program here, I got this program here. Like, let's trade programs and see which one works better. <laughs> um, but uh, that was a whole different thing. But um, it was funny. So I bought this, this guy program, um, George Antoine, about being a bank, being a banker. So um, 
So that kind of opened my eyes to another dairy. And one of the things that he kind of taught us was that um, no matter how many houses you sell, wholesale, or flip, you still fall into the cash influx category. And that, and that category is not designed to get you rich or wealthy. It's designed to get you um, basically creating a higher paying job. And that kind of opened my eyes to a whole different things about like, man, wow, we're doing all this work, but it's really just a, a higher paying job. So they kind of changed so many different things in my life. So it was like, um, so then I got involved into... Then I really got involved into finding trying to find cash flow. So um so naturally I tried to go buy a lot of cheap houses thinking that I could um do that, but that's a whole nother process on a lot of cheap houses and I, I did that for a while. I mean what we doing was um I started using my credit cards. Um at the time I used my credit cards to buy cheap houses. And we, we, we were um, you know, we had I had a lot of credit, so I would go I would go Get my my credit my credit line up. Buy buy a cheap house on a credit account. Um, once I get that house, I will um put a, a tenant in there. Then I would do an extra line of credit to pull the um to get the money out. Once I buy once I once I buy the house, I put an extra line of credit out because you gotta do it before um tenant get in there. I put an extra line of credit out. Then with that said, they um they will give me eight percent of the value of the property. I use that money to actually um pay off the credit card. So then. So it allows me to to because usually you no know, I buy a credit card is it's free and clear, there's no mortgage on it. So it, it has equity. So usually they give me eight percent of the equity and I you got money to pay the credit card off and I do the same thing in and I put a tenant in there to pay off the um the line of credit. And that worked great for a while until you start getting a lot of phone calls and people asking for different things, then people then think the thing about it is you can get about three or four or five and it, and you get a little you get a nice little cash flow coming in. Surprising cash flow, life changing cash flow. But the time and energy involved, so I got a property manager, you know, which which was helped out a little bit. But then she started calling me more and more about the problem. And it seemed like like the problem wasn't getting solved, or it wasn't getting, getting solved. So what I did was um. So, so George taught me about that. No matter how many houses you have, you I mean you're still gonna be in that category. So, he said, well, you need to start getting cash, cash flow, right? So. He said you need to get so I got so I got involved um in doing problem and lending and basically um I was borrowing the money at you know people have money at bank or in I four hundred one k or whatever and they get probably get like one percent in the in the bank so what I do this I offer is hey hey I pay you eight percent or ten percent um on your money you give me some um and borrow your money for the six to like twelve months and I give you I give you cash flow of ten percent each month so they it was like man that's great because one percent is better ten percent is better than one percent. Or if they was installed, you know, ten percent better than wasn't. And um, I told them what I was doing, so everything was disclosure. And um, what I do is I lend them, I lend them, lend the money out to business and flippers. So I'll be a hard money lender because they they can get approved for a house. So I can take that money and lend it to them for twelve to thirteen, twelve to fifteen percent. So I'm making so so I borrow for ten percent and I lend it out at let's say for for math purposes. No, this is real. So I borrow at ten percent, then I I lend out maybe at twelve percent. So making the two percent difference on each deal. Now that was great, but um, that two percent doesn't last long. Um, first like for six to twelve months, it's not a lot. You got to and once again, I thought I was doing it big, but a flip you don't last about six to twelve months, and you got to do it all over again. So it's not it's it's, it's cash flow, but it's not really um it's not really long term cash flow, if you will. So it kind of opened my eyes to the possibility, but so then now. So then it kind of got me involved in an apartment complex. I say, man, these people are doing this, so I get the way to do it. I got to figure out how to do it. And I realized that um, with commercial properties, the difference between single family is, with single family, you have to qualify for the house. 
they look at your record, they look at who you are. But with commercial, it's a whole different ballgame. It's they look at um can a property pay us back in so many ways, right? How can a property pay us back? They like, well, the, the rental income are these amenities are we you know we have pet fees, we have um we have the car wash, we have the laundry 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 coin laundry and we have so many different things added to the property to make us make more revenue for it from it. So that that looks so it, the banks look, look at that. So then they ask, they got you. Well, who who's gonna run it? So then you what you do is you find a reputable um property management company. You go ask them, hey man, if I buy this property, will you manage it for me? Yes, yeah, great. So you show the um the bank their credentials. Say when well, I get it, these people are good at that, so I'm, I'm gonna hire them. So so you start putting things together. They ask you, well, um, well, if your credit not good enough, who do you know to um to have good credit? You go out and find somebody who got good credit who will partner with you. And it's, it seems like like you can do all this without actually being a part of the deal. You can you can put a deal together, but don't really have the money and credit because you find the people who have the money and credit for you. And it kind of opened my eyes to a whole different ball game. So um, so that so that kind of it kind of changed my world to not focus on debt because if you get paid a lot more and also you can do a bit more impact. You know, even as a living in the community, especially now with kids, you want to run by the community that they live in. And the fact that if you're able to invest or have a investing interest in the in the communities in your in your area, imagine how much impact you can have. Or the teachers, the the, the doctors, the doctors, the lawyers, the um, the police officers, you know, the the the, the um, the people actually in the community have investments have invest have invested interest in the community. How how big and powerful that would be. So that's kind of my vision right now. Um, so this is this this is my journey. So I'm so excited to see as you as you follow me on this process and we're gonna do it. All right. So this is podcast number one. My goal is to do one every day because I uh, I just did an interview the other day with um with Whitney Wells and he was like his his podcast is where it's at. And I mean are, are just just doing something consistently every day. Um, my my next thing probably integrate video, but I gotta work on that. All right. So it's um I'm trying to keep it by around 15 minutes and that's my goal today. All right, man. So, um, some action steps that I I, I want to give out because a lot of stuff is you you have a good face when you get action steps. Um, my my action steps for you today is really just um, figure out your goal sets to your goal set into one, right? That's um for the power or the one thing, right? Your goal set into one, and what it is is you know, you first start with your 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 someday goal. What do I want to do someday, right? My goal someday is to um, my goal someday is to own a, a, a NBA team, something I want to do one day. So in order to do that, I need to have at least a billion dollars in assets to, to buy an NBA team. That's why I think that I have a good portion of it. Um, in order to do that, I need to um, create enough assets. So my, my so, so you break it down. What's your one day goal, right? In order in order to get, in order to get to someday goal, what, what do you need to do in five years in order to get that? Okay. In five in order to get your five year goal, what do you need to do in the next? We need to do this year in order to reach your five-year goal. Okay, so in order in order to reach your your one-year goal, what do you need, what do you need to do this month to get um your five-year goal? I mean your one-year goal. Then when you get your your, your your this month, what do you need? When do, what do you need to do this week in order to make you in order for me make in order for you to reach your monthly goal? Gotcha. Now when you get your monthly goal, what do you do this um your weekly goal? What do you need to do today in order to make sure you reach your daily goal? Now you're the daily goal, and what do you need to do right now in order to get your daily goal? And you, if you look at all the process, it's gonna build up to your someday goal. So everything is purpose driven. 
and that's one of my uh, action steps to you. Figure out your someday goal. We gonna we need to do in five years and we'll reach that. We need to do this year to reach that. We need to do this month to reach that. We need to do this month, this week to reach that. We need to do this today to reach that. And what do you need to do right now to reach that? And it kind of breaks it down. All right, and I'm over my time, 16 minutes. Thank you. Take care. I'll see you tomorrow. Part of the secrets.